Greetings, heathens. Welcome to Hail Satan. This is the podcast exploring Satanism, culture, and life in general through the eyes of modern Satanists. My name is Joseph Rose. I'm a member of the Satanic Temple, and I'm also a member of Satanic Delco, the most active, creative group of kick-ass Satanists to be found anywhere this side of hell. And speaking of Satanic Delco, right now, the group is in the midst of a little project called Heathens Helping Hounds, and we'd really appreciate your help. In the show notes for this episode, you should find some information and links, but basically we're helping to collect needed items and funds for a local animal shelter. So if you want to participate, we have a simple Amazon wish list set up, and all of the items will ship directly to us and we'll be forever grateful. On this episode, I'm going to share an interview I did with Mike Stewart. He was the organizer for the Friends of the Satanic Temple Kansas group, but now he has a group called the Satanic Grotto, and we'll talk to him all about that. First, we've got a few new patrons to say hello to. We've got Kip, Jack, Sam, Anthony, and Bill. Thank you guys very much for joining up with us. I appreciate it very much. Of course, joining the Patreon is the most direct way to support the show, and it gives you access to bonus content, Satanic Delco's Facebook group, and all the other fun stuff. So, thank you guys once again. How about we do some listener mail? Jeremy writes, I've listened to every episode and just wanted to say thanks. The listen-along to Ghost episode was really fun. Man, they rock. I have recently been coming to realize how I may have been a Satanist my whole life, but have always avoided labeling myself as anything in fear of discrimination. I have experienced there from trying to come out to people as bi and being negatively received. I also live in a place that is still learning to be accepting of people's differences, Montana. It's nice to know that there's a community of like-minded people out there that want to live life with some goddamn humanity, but thanks for the podcast, been really enjoying it. Well, you're welcome, Jeremy. It's a bummer that so many people still have to live in fear for how they feel about things. I like to think that we're slowly making progress in that area, but it really is just so damn slow. Uh, But thank you for the message. Next up, we have Kaylee. What did you think of Lucian's recent tweet about Facebook? Doesn't the Satanic Temple use surveillance marketing all the time? Okay, yes. So I went back and found Lucian's recent tweet, and I did find that interesting for sure when I saw it. Lucian tweeted, Facebook needs to be destroyed and surveillance marketing outlawed. Now, look, guys, I don't know shit about shit, but isn't the Satanic Temple pretty active on both Facebook and the Facebook-owned Instagram? And I don't know about you, but I see a ton of targeted ads or surveillance marketing, as it's called, from the Satanic Temple all the time. So, yeah, it does seem maybe a little hypocritical 
to be out there virtue signaling against a platform and a form of advertising while you are actively taking full advantage of them. And make no mistake, those targeted ads cost good money. So when we all buy our membership certificates and mugs and satanic hot sauce, portions of that money are going to targeted ads and directly into Facebook's pocket. What you going to do? I guess that's just the way it is. But yeah, it, it did seem weird, Kaylee. Uh, thank you for bringing it to my attention. Phil writes our next question. My question involves Satanism in the military, and I'm just looking for your thoughts. While the U.S. military currently recognizes 221 religions, Satanism is not one of them. My question began while ordering new dog tags for myself, which are required to be worn while in uniform. The information listed on all dog tags is name, DOD ID number, blood type, and religion. Religion is noted so that in the event a soldier is seriously injured or killed, appropriate last rites and wishes can be followed based on their religious beliefs. I was conflicted on whether to have Satanism, Satanist, or some variant of the Satanic Temple printed on my dog tags. Your Church of Satan episodes only solidified the differences in the Church of Satan and TST in my mind, so I felt I should differentiate between the two in case my dog tags ever need to speak for me. With a 14-character limit, I ended up going with Satanic Temple, but I'm curious on whether you feel that I read into this a bit too much or not. Was the distinction worth making? Thanks for all you do. Thank you, Phil. That's an interesting question for sure. First of all, you definitely did the right thing in making the distinction because the two are so very different, the Satanic Temple and the Church of Satan. Now, let's think this through. A man with Satanic Temple on his tags is lost in combat, and whoever is in charge of such things sees that, and then what? I have no idea what the protocol is for those situations, but as best I know, the Satanic Temple doesn't have any sort of ritual or instructions in place for that situation. I think it would be great if they did, at least in the form of some suggestions or rough guidelines. I think that would probably be something that gets worked out ahead of time, perhaps through family or whoever is listed as an emergency contact. But that's an interesting one. I haven't really given thought to that before. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if anyone within the Satanic Temple has given thought to that, but it would be interesting. I hope they do come up with something for that situation. Now, before we get to the interview with Mike Stewart, I just want to give a heads up that the audio quality on the guest end was not so great. Uh, That's just how it goes with phone and Zoom calls sometimes. Hopefully it isn't too distracting. And if it's okay with everyone, our pal Jerry would like to deliver a word from our sponsor. Hello there, this is your pal Jerry the Satanist. I'm here to tell you all about Black Witch. Black Witch is a one-woman handmade business from London, England, specializing in satanic and antichrist-inspired rosaries for the delectable heathen. Made with real, semi-precious stones such as black onyx and rose quartz for weight and durability, you will certainly have your rosary for a long time to come. You can find new collections every two months from gold, bold, and heavy to more subtle and delicate pieces for everyday wear. There's a little something for everyone, but custom pieces are available as well. But that's not all. All Hail Satan podcast listeners can get 10% off any orders by entering the code HSP2021. That's HSP2021 at checkout, which also includes free shipping worldwide. 
Visit Black Witch to get your discount today. That's B-L-K-W-Y-C-H dot com. All right, guys. Our guest today is Mike Stewart. He runs an independent group of Satanists called the Satanic Grotto. Welcome to the show, Mike. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for offering your time. I appreciate it. I guess we should start early on. What was your first contact with Satanism generally? Oh, my first contact would probably have been from my youth pastor back, uh, oh, in the mid-90s or so, sitting in uh, church when he started talking about how evil Satanists are real and they exist. And there's this book called The Satanic Bible um, and how it would really just drag us to hell the moment we opened it. And of course, being a young man of my stature, I was like, wow, I really need to find this book. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like that's pretty similar to the story for many people. Yeah, yeah. Um, So that was probably my first. And that's, um, I, you know, I read it in my teens, um, probably 16, 17 or so. It was revolutionary to me to a point, you know, like um, it, it had brought up ideas that I never considered, especially having been um, in an evangelical church for quite a while and been told this is this is it. This is what you have to believe. Um, learning those things were really great. Now, I never joined COS. I never took it to that level because there were obvious fallacies and stuff in the book that I didn't agree with and I didn't want to be associated with. But I think from even that early age, I considered myself at least some form of Satanist. How did you first become aware of the Satanic Temple eventually? Um, I think the first time I ever heard about the Satanic Temple had to have been around about the point they first did the Baphomet statue. Right. Um, I, I can't remember what year it was, but I remember just a Google link or something popping up, you know, some article said, hey, these silly Satanists are doing something fun. Um, and I didn't really, you know, I skimmed the article and was like, oh, they're crazy. That's fun. And then I just kind of moved on with my life. I didn't come back around to knowing uh, about the satanic temple until oh probably hell satan was released okay so their movie and there was something about what you saw in that film that really made you feel like it was something you'd want to be more involved with absolutely 100 percent um and i'll have to it's a well done movie um it really is um hearing the tenants vocalized for the first time i think really really spoke to me. I've always been, been a big fan of the fifth tenant. Um, and when they said that out loud, um, uh, I, I really think I probably, I shed a couple of tears watching that movie. I knew that they were putting a voice to something that I had instinctively known, but um, didn't have my own vocalization for. Yeah. Have you ever had to deal with a coming out as a Satanist regarding friends or family or anything like that? I've always sort of been the outcast and the rebel. So um, there wasn't so much. I do remember when I finally got approval from TST um, to convert our group over to the Kansas uh, Friends Up group that I called my mom uh, just because my mom is um, somewhat of a respectable person in her circles and in her community and had even talked about running for like local office. So I wanted to give her at least the heads up like, hey, (laughs) 
So I'm going to try to uh, endeavor to do this thing. And I just didn't want you to cut it off guard. It wasn't so much coming out as it was just letting her know, like, Hey, I'm going to get into some stuff. And if it affects you, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, But no, you didn't have to deal with too much personal blowback. No, no. Um, I've always pretty much just lived who I am, especially ever since I left church. Um, I've pretty much been unapologetic about it. Um, tried to live out loud. I know a lot of Satanists, you know, keep it low, use pseudonyms and stuff. I've always thought of myself as living out loud for those who can't. Um, My job's projected. My family doesn't care. Um, I have the ability to do that, whereas others don't. So I kind of feel it as my my, uh, duty to do so. You eventually did become more involved with the Satanic Temple. How did that come about and what was your role there? Well, it first um, kind of came about, my best friend came to me and told me, Hey, you need to watch this movie. And I watched the hell Satan. Um, and he said, um, I really want to be a part of this. I really want to do this. He knows, he knew that I had um, organizing experience in my past. Um, I'm a union steward. I've led um, uh, labor activities, um, including union campaigns against fortune 500 companies. I'm not afraid to take on a challenge and organize a community. So he came to me with it. So I really, really want you to do this. I said, well, yeah. Um, and he's a Satanist too. And me and him kind of, we went to church together. So we kind of got into this all together. Um, and I said, well, this is crazy. I was like, I'll do it for, you know, I'll, I'll jump into this with you. I was like, but honestly, how many, um, how many Satanists are there in Kansas? you know, or in Missouri, uh, which we share a border with. Right. Um, uh, I told him, I was like, look, we're going to make like 10 new friends. And that's the end of it. I was like, and I, I honestly thought I just didn't think that there was going to be a market out there, but I started doing some digging. Um, I eventually made contact with Chris Turvey, who was an international council member, um, who then put me in contact with Amber, who was then an international council member and is now, uh, or at least last I heard director of the FOG programs. Um, and that took a couple months for me all to lock down um, and eventually got the permission. Uh, we'd been operating the whole time under um, the Satanic Grotto as our name. Okay. Uh, we got permission to take on the friends of uh, TST Kansas title mm-hmm. um, and start organizing under their banner, probably, Oh, I would say right around Thanksgiving 2019-ish was the official cover down. When you take that step and you get that permission from the Satanic Temple headquarters to do that, do they start a new group for you? Um, yes and no. There, there are certain things that they do, such as we had our own Facebook page. Um, for the satanic grotto and immediately they asked us to take that down and that they would be providing us with our own page that amber was the head moderator and in charge of and that would, of course would have been the fog kansas page is that a public facing page or is that the yes. the private group that you guys would would form well and that's it it's, it goes to both they oh. um it is um, the private group where members or you know community uh, folks can come in and all sort of share information and get updates on TST, the actual group. But then they also said that they would be in charge of like um, the public facing page, the right. um, 
once you, I guess the point of it is once you submit yourself to TST, um, you relinquish any rights to your group. Um, it all goes to TST. TST wants to be in control of it. Um, they want to have the final word, the final censorship of anything that happens. Right. Okay. And so at that point you were, I guess it wasn't a chapter head at that point. Is They use the term organizer before organizer. you were cleared to be a chapter head. They call you an organizer. Right. That is correct. And that was your role there. Correct. Yeah. I was an organizer for FOG Kansas. Uh, it was me uh, and my co-founder for the grotto um, and her pseudonym is sweet Eve. She asked not to use her name. Uh, but so sweet Eve and I kind of took over and um, as organizers and started trying to put, you know, a backbone to the structure of how Kansas was going to be run. How does the structure sort of work once, once you get that in place, they have their admin in the group, they're in charge at the end of the day, but you're free to run things as you see fit for a bit. Um, and I don't know if I'd use the word as I see fit. Um, I will say, and, um, this is my personal experience and I don't mean to speak for anyone in the grotto or anyone in TST, um, beyond my own experience. Um, that the whole experience of the FOG was very slapdash, was very poorly executed, very poorly communicated. Um, and that those that were often given, authority to handle things were not the correct people. Um, so I had frustration with the FOG program almost right from the get go. Mm. Where was that frustration coming from? Were there, were you attempting to do things as a group and TST wasn't really on board or how did it work? Absolutely. And I think you just hit it on the head there. Um, you know, I think a lot of people who want to join TST as more than just, you know, I got my card and my certificate for 30 bucks, but actually wanted to become part of this organization, often looked at Hell Satan and the things they did in that movie as a blueprint for what they expected out of a chapter, what they expected out of this organization as a whole. Um, and I think that it became very apparent and clear to me very early on that that was not the way things were going to go. Um, for example, when I first started, first talked to Chris, uh, uh, the rules were very open to interpretation on what a chapter could do on what, um, you know, actions they could take in their community. Um, and as my involvement in the program progressed, I saw that slowly being taken from us and monthly or even weekly sometimes rules would change um, and they would pull back from, um, whereas we were doing park cleanups, you know, we weren't hurting anybody. We weren't, um, we were literally just going and cleaning up parks all of a sudden, no more park cleanups. Um, Mm. We wanted to do charity work. Uh, We actually ended up going to another group of ours here in Kansas city called KCAC, the Kansas city atheist coalition and working under their names to charity work because um, if TST had found out that we were trying to sort cans for a food drive, uh, they would take our chapters. Wow. Really? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Were you able to have direct communication with people at TST or did these rules just sort of get sent down or 
or how did that um, work? It was kind of a slow process to tell you the truth. Um, I kind of like uh, Kenneth to um, moving the field goal. Every time you're about to make a touchdown or accomplish something that you feel is significant for your group, they move that goal back. They change that rule just slightly. Hmm. Um, and it did at first, it was coming down directly from international council. And that was one of the first steps back then, at least um, you found an international council member, you convinced them to more or less um, sponsor you or be your point of contact. Right. Hmm. And if you've convinced them thoroughly enough that they think that they, that, you know, you can handle this, then they gave you your, your shot at it. Um, well, throughout this experience, all of a sudden, uh, at one point, I remember it came down that we were no longer allowed to speak to our international council uh, contact. Everything had to go through Amber. Oh. Um, and we were completely denied access to anyone but Amber. And she would have been the person to give you a yes or a no on, on proposed ideas or something? Correct. Um, and that is if you could get a hold of her. Um, and I will say right now, just for you and all your listeners, I am not a fan of Amber. I'm okay. not a fan of her leadership ability or the way she ran that program. Um, I think that a lot of the failures that were attributed to different groups were actually just symptoms of uh, Amber's own failure. Um, so when we were cut off and I could no longer go around Amber to find the answers I need, or well, any of us, really, we were all just left in the dark. Mm. When something like that would happen, you know, you want to do a, a, a park cleanup or a collection drive or something like that. Did you ever get a sense of why you weren't allowed to do it? Was there was there a reasoning that was? Yes. Um, and my interpretation of it is that they thought that our time would be better focused on raising money for TST than working for our community. Right. Yeah. That, that brings up the general sort of fundraising idea. I know that, you know, again, I'm part of an independent group, so I've never been too deep into the inner workings of the chapters. And I've had, you know, just a taste of the friends of group experience, um, but I've never been an organizer or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so most of the information and experiences that I've been made familiar with sort of come secondhand. It seems like once you're into the official friends of group system, the focus is more put on raising funds directly for TST headquarters. Correct. Yeah. Um, and I think they kind of sell you um, a lemon on that too, especially talking to Chris Turby, who reluctantly, I still admire. I think um, he's a highly intelligent um, person and, uh, uh, but they sell you on this idea that, yeah, your, your chapter in our case, they said, look, Kansas is going to be able to define their version of Satan. Kansas is going to be autonomous. Kansas is going to earn their spot and be able to fight the fights they want to fight Kansas. Um, and that excited us, you know, we were, we were down for it. And um, that sounds I'll exciting. Be, yeah. Well, and I'll be honest, it got me to raise an army. Um, no joke. We had three cities organized, Kansas city, Wichita and Lawrence. Um, that was how much I was into this. I was like, let's figure out how to make our community better. 
And then once, like you said, once you get into this um, and you really start communicating with these people and seeing what their goals are, then it comes down to, well, what we'd really like you to do is prove to us that you know how to organize and raise money. Okay, well, I can do that. Well, now we would like you to really prove it and create something that TST can use that solely, you know, and give it to us. It's just solely TSTs. Um, and then it would come down, um, hey, you know, uh, we want you to go ahead and just stop everything and be thankful that you have a community and just wait for us to give you your next order. Mm. Um, and to me, that was just so heartbreaking because um, I, I did. I believed in TST. I liked the ideas, um, at least in the beginning of these lawsuits, you know, and maybe um, actually taking action against something and having that. Um, and then just to have them go, no, we gave you a community, which I think is a bad interpretation of what it was anyways. Um, as your only, that's just what you get. Yeah, you get to be friends with these people. You should just be happy with that. It was disheartening. Um and then once you're in that functioning friends of group system, just for anyone who isn't clear, I guess the friends of group is uh, a chapter in training, essentially. Right. I always uh, described it as like um, a pledge to a fraternity. You know, right. that you had to go through a year um, to kind of, well more or less prove your loyalty to prove that you can stick together without causing trouble or, you know, any of the other problems that may arise. Right. So they use the chapters as a way to expand the organization and increase the potential for fundraising and all of that. And those are the ways that the chapters benefit the satanic temple. What are some of the ways that the satanic temple benefits the individual groups the chapters or the friends of groups? You know, and that is a really good question. And I would say there are two interpretations of that answer. The satanic temple will tell you that once you become a chapter and you've made it through your friends of uh, program, that you're going to have access to TST resources and, you know, a nationwide uh, organization like that should have substantial resources to help out a community. Um, they also say that if anything goes down or happens and you're discriminated against, TST lawyers are going to be right there by your side to help fight it. Yeah. Um, now, my interpretation of that is that none of it's true and that as a local community, you don't receive anything from um, TST other than band-aids, um, other than the, and I hate to put it this way, I put in my work um, for free. And I did that on my own accord until I felt like I was getting duped or gypped out of what was happening. And that, that's, that's honestly, I feel like they're getting people to come in and do their work for them and to expand this um, organization for free so that those at the top of the meritocracy, um, you know, get all the benefits, get all the money, um, and then they don't have to answer for it. There's no transparency. There's no... Um, clear lines on where this money's going, how it's being handled, what they're investing in. Um, and that was, that was a big red flag for me. One of many, but a big red flag. So if you, if you were to do a fundraiser or anything like that, well, first of all, it would need to be 
approved by the satanic temple, right? Correct. And yeah, so there are anything you have or want to do either as an FOG or a chapter, anything at all has to be submitted in written form and a proposal. Um, and I'm sure it goes to Amber for FOGs and I'm not sure if chapters go straight to uh, international council or not, but you have to have it written down in writing and submit it before you get approved for anything. Right. And so you want to do a fundraiser, let's say, and you go through the process and perhaps it does get approved. You get back word eventually that, yes, you can you can go ahead with this fundraiser. Is it required that that fundraiser be to benefit the Satanic Temple headquarters? Yes, actually, it is a requirement that all money um, that you raise gets sent directly to TST. You are not allowed to handle cash. Mm. Um, you're not allowed. And to some degree that I do admit that makes sense. So there's no embezzlement or anything. But to mm. another degree. Once again, the only thing you can raise money for or do is the Satanic Temple. So you can't raise money for your own community. Oh. It all has to go directly to TST. Wow. Okay. And and once you do that, let's say you raise you know five thousand dollars in over the course of a fundraiser. Once that's over, you don't really know what that's used for or what it where it's going. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely not. They don't release any kind of financials. They don't allow organizer chapter heads to know. That's all hell, um, handled by executive ministry, which is, of course, um, Lucian and Malcolm. You've, you mentioned that one of the benefits that you get from being a chapter is access to these additional Satanic Temple resources. And that, that's actually a question that I asked of several members uh, at at the Satanic Temple, I asked, "What are some of the pros and cons of being an official chapter versus an independent group?" And I guess the primary answer that I was given for the pros of being an official chapter is that you have access to additional TST information or resources. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I've never experienced what those are. From your experience, what exactly are these resources that you have access to? Um, honestly, I couldn't tell you. I never found one. Um, as a matter of fact, I spent more time fighting uh, for access to information and resources for our FOG uh, than I ever did receiving anything. Um, hmm. And that's um, when it comes to being an official chapter versus an independent group, I will always tell people be an independent group because then um, you're in control of your destiny. When you give this over to TST, they'll promise you the stars, but nothing's coming from it. Um, They use these words like extra TST resources, Um, these vague kind of uh, insinuations that just as soon as you make chapter, everything's going to be amazing. Uh, and um, they sell the organizers even on just the respect that they'll get out of it. You know, like I said, I mentioned before, it is a meritocracy. Um, there is no um, checks and balances. There are no way to call out somebody ahead of you, um, in charge of you, that can be meaningfully noted. I personally, and once again, all of my own opinion, believe the whole thing is a money-making ploy. I guess, you know, from an outsider, it would seem like 
you know, when I, you know, I'm just a, a member of TST, like so many others, you know, I, I signed up with my email and I got a certificate. I chose to get one. And, and so I get their newsletters when they send them out. And we know that the satanic temple is, they're very active in the legal system, pushing the causes that they feel are important for them to sort of, you know, put their efforts into. And so I guess an assumption would be that so much of the money that they attempt to raise is to be used for the legal battles, I would assume. Um, In fact, you know, just as we sit here speaking, I just recently got one over the last couple of days where they were, um, I think the way they worded it was emergency fundraising. Uh, They're attempting to raise $100,000 for their uh, lawsuit against the state of Texas um, Mm -hmm. for the religious rights campaign that they've been doing, uh, religious reproductive rights, rather. So I assume the legal battles are their primary goal, I guess, uh, when, when they're raising money. Did you ever have any, any indication of that, or, or, or is that just your best guess would be as good as anybody else's? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's definitely, they try to shift that focus towards their legal battles. Like I said, they lure you in with the community aspect and the ability to make a difference in your own personal communities. Um, and then they dynamically shift that to, well, what we really need is money to fight these overall battles. Um, and you know, once again, that could almost be acceptable to me if I had proof that that's where that money was going. If I had an idea that, um, the people in charge of this um, were acting in our best interest, but without transparency, without um, that kind of clarity, how do we know? And as a Satanist, I'm not above asking those of, uh, in authority of, over me to prove themselves. Yeah, I don't suspect it would be out of the ordinary to at least like to know, maybe, <laughs> you know, especially if it is something you've put significant effort into, you know, raising money for something. I, I certainly would have a natural curiosity about how it went after, after I did the work. Yeah. And that's, um, and like I said, I think that's their, their biggest failure or one of them at least is that their lack of transparency uh, really leads me to believe that everything that they're working for is just for the pet projects of executive ministry and that they will sell members Baphomet statues and chapter memberships and chapter head stuff um, in lieu of free work and um, donations instead of actually building concrete communities that will be self-sufficient in the long run and can make these changes that we want on personal levels. Yeah. Chapter heads and all of that. These are all volunteer positions, right? Correct. Correct. Now, as for, and I I will say that up to chapter heads, Um, as for international council or executive ministry, um, I've never seen anything one way or another to say if those folks make money, if Lucian's getting paid for what he does, or if Amber's getting paid for what she does, I have no clue because I was flat out told. um, And I believe this station statement is more than false, just, on its merit is that no nonprofit organization gives out that information. Sure. And as far as you're aware, the system in which your chapter worked, you know, the rules and limitations and all of that, is that pretty standard as far as you know? You know, if you're a chapter in 
New Jersey or Wisconsin or Florida, the rules are the same for everybody pretty much? Um, no, I don't, I don't think that they are. And I, that wasn't my experience either. When we first started, um, to become a chapter, I was handed a piece of paper with about half a page of do this and you'll make chapter. You know, there was, you've got to have two leaders for a year. You've got to do this and that about half a page worth of text by the end. When we split away from TST again, um, and went back to calling ourselves the grotto, um, that list had grown to six pages. And these are the rules and regulations for a friends of group to become a chapter. Correct. The do's and don'ts and most of it's don'ts. Now I will throw that out there. That list went from a handful of do's and a handful of don'ts to mostly don't do this. Don't do that. Don't pick up trash. Don't talk about TST. Don't, uh, there were so many. (laughs) Um, and I'm sure part of that is that there were, FOGs that messed up and did things that were wrong, but more likely than not, a lot of those were once again, TST moving that goalpost and slowly shifting people's expectations from one thing to another without tipping them off too bad. Yeah. Yeah. I can surely empathize with the position that an organization like the satanic temple is in They've got an uphill battle just by being a thing called the Satanic Temple, first of all. And then you've got thousands of all of the different types of characters that get attracted to Satanism. And and I can imagine how that must be hard to wrangle. I've had my own experiences, and I've only had to wrangle a few hundred people at most, you know, so... I, yeah, I, I and that's that. and it is, and it's a task. I mean, Satanists are all independent thinkers. We all... Um, for lack of better words, have our own asshole tendencies, every single one of us. And that's probably the thing I've learned most organizing satanic community now um, is that it is, it's wrangling cats. It yeah. is, it's hard. It's difficult. Everybody's on a different page. And you have to find those unifying aspects. Yeah. Um, I think I was disheartened because those unifying aspects, such as the community work, um, were then taking taken away from us as a tool to help organize these people. So eventually you weren't feeling so great about the way it was going. So did your group reach official chapter status or was it only a friends of group? We were only a friends of group. Um, I want to say we got about halfway ish through our process um, before we broke away And there were a number of factors, I think, that led to that Um, as kind of the face of the group. um, I had been dealing with the inconsistencies I found in TST and some of the things that I had promised our group because it was promised to me through, you know, Chris Turvier, Amber, Mm -hmm. that I just didn't think were going to come true anymore. Um, I didn't think we're in the cards Um, and building up to our to our departure from TST, I saw a number of those things just growing Um, along with some of the other information we found out about TST that had been previously hidden from us. um, I want to say, what was it last May probably that we broke away? Mm -hmm. How many members uh, was your group around this time? The friends of group? 
The Friends of group on Facebook um, was probably sitting around 450, 500 people, but that was also a lot of out-of-state people. I would say we had a, stall, a solid um, two to 300 people between Kansas and Missouri um, that followed our group rather closely. Okay. Once you kind of make the decision, we don't want to do this anymore, what happens then? Um, well, we knew, um, because like I said, I had spoke to many other ex chapter heads, um, uh, at my last count, there was over a dozen split away groups, including ours. Uh, and I've made contact with at least over half of them, over half of them, I'd say for sure. Um, so I kind of had an idea of if we were going to leave, how is the satanic temple going to react? And we reacted accordingly. And more often than not, the satanic temple automatically reacts by attacking those people who have spoken against them in any kind of way, trying to discredit them. Um, and then immediately seizing any work that they've done um, and blackball, take, take whatever you can and then shut the person down as quick as possible. So in light of that information, I, we did, we had a state council, um, we had two members from each of the three cities that uh, that we had organized, um, acting as council members to kind of help, uh, you know, keep everything organized. Um, I brought the whole council together. We explained what we found and what we needed, and our plan was very simple. We set a date. We said, "Hey, this we're going to do it on this morning," um, and we had a lot of in our group from TST um, for other chapter heads, you're required to have a, uh, a chapter liaison, um, which is somebody who's been through the FOG chapter and made um, chapter head. Now, the program was so new at the time, our chapter liaison was the first people ever to complete the FOG program beginning to end. And they already knew, because I had spoken to this chapter head and voiced my concerns, um, that I was having doubts about this whole thing. Um, and that I didn't feel like we were being led down an honest route. So like I said, we pull our council together, we come up with this plan. And then early one morning, we blocked all the spies that were in our group. We took down all the information, um, that we had built all the networking that we had done, transferred it over to our satanic grotto page. And then just simply left a note up there saying, um, hey, we have decided as, you know, leadership collective that we can no longer support TST and what it stands for. Um, but we still want a community and we don't want to lose what we've built. So please join us back over on this other page, you know. And so at that point, you just turned your attention back to the Satanic Grotto as your main sort of home base for everything. Right. And unfortunately, you know, right about this point, uh, coronavirus was just everywhere. It was just yeah. shutting everything down. So, and we've all been kind of, I think every group, including TST groups, independent groups, um, have probably all been feeling this kind of suffrage that you're, you know, you can't get together at a bar. You can't really do a whole lot right now. Um, so that's been a bit of a struggle, and our focus has mainly been on keeping that cohesion, keeping the people who are active um, and wanting to be a part of this engaged, um, and really, I kind of uh, liking it to a holding action, you know, during 
war or something that we're just holding our ground um and we're waiting for that break so that we can we can go out and do our next big do you have any specific type of goals in mind for your group the satanic grotto moving forward um we have been working on a book um it was much more a large group project in the beginning and has kind of died down to maybe just a handful of us um but we do have a book um that we had a working title of how uh, satan conquered kansas and that was a big project we've been in on we are huge on the community part. we've done food sorting for harvesters we've done park cleanups um we just, um, one of our members who is so sweet, so awesome, just headed up and finished a homeless drive for us where we gathered um, basically winter gear items, you know, for uh, anybody who might be caught out in this miserable yeah. <laughs> weather that we're having right yeah, now. Yeah, that's great. It, it really, it sounds like your group has a lot of things in common with the group I'm a part of, Satanic Delco. Which mm-hmm. I feel like you guys are probably fairly similar to what we do. And I think that's probably true of most groups. Like I said, I've been in a lot of groups. I've done a lot of research. I didn't come into wanting to be an organizer because I wanted to be king of the statements. I had no intent of that in my mind at all. And I think actually, if you ask around my group, I'm pretty well reluctant about any leadership that I have to have. Um, And that's... uh, and that's I've all I've ever wanted was to see a community grow and people become cohesive. And I think that's the general theme among a lot of groups. Um, um, I went and made handmade a bunch of leather journals for a bunch of our group members this right before Halloween. And then I got on to some pin company and got a bunch of pins that said Satanic Grotto and had our little symbol on it, you know, and I just handed that stuff out. Um, and I think um, that that has helped keep us on that community level. We're focusing on each other and direct action we can take um, to show our, you know, our love for each other. That sounds pretty rad, really. And I love your guys's, um, uh, what is a tuition or um, gift that you're giving out to the high school kid? Yeah, um, yeah, our uh, Outsider yeah, Achievement Award. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was amazing. When I heard that, I was like, oh, <laughs> now there's something we could raise money for. Yeah, there you go. That. That's a great idea. I was super impressed when I heard that from you. From well, Mike, I really appreciate the time and uh, getting your input into all of this. If you'd like, tell everyone where they can find your group. Yeah, you can find us on Facebook at the Satanic Grotto, or we have a subreddit called KC Satanic Grotto, because that was back before we expanded outside of Kansas City. Cool. Um, and on our Facebook page, you'll find links to our Discord server and all kinds of other. I, I don't head up the social media as much as some of the other members do, so our Facebook page generally has everything on All right, great. Yeah, I'll I'll make it a point to uh, grab some of the links and put them in the show notes for the podcast. Hey, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. Take it easy. All right, guys, before I end this episode, I want to offer a little bit of transparency for you. There was a section of this interview with Mike that was cut from this episode. The topic was a podcast discussion back in 2003 between Lucian Greaves, 
back when he was primarily known as Doug Messner and a guy named Shane Bugby. Some people are familiar with it, some surely are not. Of those who are aware of it, many find it to be rather unsettling for reasons that are obvious once you hear it. When its existence was brought to light, many members of the Satanic Temple were turned off enough that they left the organization altogether. On the other hand, there are many who forgive the unfortunate language that was used. I've taken the relevant audio from that original podcast from 2003, along with that section of my conversation here with Mike, and I'll be posting a bonus episode with all of that stuff on our Patreon channel. I wanted to put it all together with some relevant discussion to give context to the entire thing, because I know a lot of people listening to it here would hear us talking about it with no frame of reference or context for exactly what we were talking about. So I wanted to create an opportunity for you to hear it with your own ears and then hear what Mike and I had to say about it. Uh, So that will be a bonus episode over on our Patreon channel. If you're not already a member, you can visit our website at hailsatanpodcast.com and join the appropriate tier to get the bonus content, and you will hear it over there. So... That's about all I've got for you this week. Thank you very much for joining me once again. Stay safe, please. Hail Satan.